Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our guest is Jake Denton. He is a research associate in the Tech Policy Center for at the Heritage Foundation. And Jake, I appreciate you joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I had reached out to you guys because I really wanted to do a show on artificial intelligence. You know, there's been a lot going on. A ton is being written about it. You know, Tucker Carlson even did an interview with Elon Musk on it. So I thought it was a good idea just to to kind of cover the topic and really some of the dangers behind it, especially in the uh, slanted world in which we live. And Maybe you can start off with me just explaining what, what, when people say AI or artificial intelligence, what are they talking about? So, you know, this is an interesting topic because it's a very broad one. Uh, you know, artificial intelligence can mean a million different things. Um, so the context is really what matters. More recently, we've seen ChatGPT deploy. It's a chat-based system. So essentially, you type something in, you press send, and then it replies back to you, almost mirroring a, a text message exchange. And it can fulfill little tasks for you. But the way that that works, essentially, is it's a a large language model. Um, So ultimately, what this means is the system uh, goes through the Internet and it pulls through all sorts of information and it learns from that. And then that basically prompts its response back to you. So this is built upon all the data uh, inputs that are out there across the Internet. um, And it's turned into a single product for a consumer to use for various tasks. But. You know, we also see now the rise of uh, deep fakes as well. So um, artificial imagery, you know, you type in a description of an image and it'll produce something for you. Um, or you can even, you know, emulate a celebrity's voice at this point in time. It's all uh, available for consumers. So there are a lot of things going on all at once, but uh, it's going to basically reshape the Internet here as we uh, kind of see this deploy commercially across uh, kind of all aspects of the Internet. For those that watched the interview with Musk and Carlson, you know, one of the things that he talked about was he was he was very concerned about where this could lead us. Right. I mean, to the point, I mean, you know, whether it's true or not, you know, destruction of civilization. But the problem is that if we're pulling stuff from the Internet, some people think if it's on the Internet, it must be true. But you've worked with conservative candidates. You've you've had people that have been shut down by social media because they haven't said what social media deems acceptable. How is, if those people like Google are involved in creating this artificial intelligence, especially when you're calling, talking about chat GPT, G, GPT excuse me, um, how, how comfortable should people even feel that what they're going to get out with what they ask is going to actually be true as opposed to a progressive slant. Yeah, you know, so this technology can obviously be used for a lot of great things, but can also be used as a tool to enhance a lot of the bad things that have already been going on. And as you hit on there, you know, Twitter's a great example. We recently saw, you know, Elon Musk acquire Twitter and then unearth all of the horrible things that those executives were doing inside of Twitter to silence the American people and uh, really to, to disenfranchise a lot of folks. And so when you think about what AI could do in terms of enhancing that, there's really no limitation. Uh, you know, it becomes more efficient to censor, becomes more efficient to, uh, you know, identify potential uh, suspects that you might think could say something offensive. Um, and then on top of it, you now can produce all sorts of artificial imagery that looks very real, 
that could then support the uh, narrative that you would prefer. Um, so now at this point, you don't even need videos or photos um, from the real world to support what you're saying. You can just generate them. So when it comes to the potential negative impacts of artificial intelligence, there's really no limit. Um, so, you know, if regulators don't step in, if they don't give these tech companies a clear path forward, they'll run wild. And, you know, just like anything else, bad actors, people in the private sector will exploit it. Uh, you see the rise of telephone scams. And so, yeah, there, it's a kind of a concerning position we're in here because uh, it honestly doesn't seem like a whole lot of people know what to do here. Well, and I think, you know, to your point, you know, when you talk about regulators and must talk about regulators, too, I mean, with such a distrust with our health system, with our government, with our education system, because of all the things that really uh, came to light under COVID and and all the, the narratives that came out that m- many of which ended up not being true, you know, to trust government regulation of something that can be manipulated seems like putting the fox in charge of the hen house. Yeah, there's an element of that, right? I mean, we're in a very tough situation here because this is a technology that if left unchecked will run wild. It'll you know, do things that uh, are beyond human comprehension um, and there could be no shortage of negative impacts. But at the same time, we don't really have a, a great deal of trust with this administration to handle this. Uh, you know, Kamala Harris just became the AI czar. And so it'll be her basically job to oversee how we regulate this and uh, keep these companies in check. And so just like on Twitter and with all these other platforms, when the Biden administration comes forward and says we're doing things to make these platforms safer and better for consumers, none of that is, you know, uh, protection for you and me. It's a protection for the Democratic Party. Uh, They're doing things to make sure that uh, they can still benefit electorally. Uh, But, you know, the average American still gets burnt. Uh, This AI, if left unchecked, will still take your job. It will still do all sorts of horrible things. Uh, But there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of concern about that. So it it is very concerning that these are the people we have to uh, entrust this with. And to put Kamala Harris in in front of artificial uh, artificial intelligence is is almost comical uh, when you think (laughs) about how well she did on the border and and. And anything else she's touched has turned to, uh, you know, fool's gold. And so if that if that makes anybody comfortable, they need to really go see a psychologist because their their perception of reality is quite dwar- uh, quite uh, warped, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look at the border right now. If that's any sign of what we're going to get with artificial intelligence. I think we should be pretty worried. Well, and you have, you know, and, you know, Larry Page of Google has talked about, you know, creating a digital God. And we do live in a world, right, and I'm sure you see it all the time when it comes to uh, technology, that, you know, really only gets their information from news media or from online. Critical thinking is not a strong point of our current world. And so for people just to receive stuff and then spew it verbatim, you know, they're not they're almost like lemming, right? They're not even thinking. They're just following directives without using their brains already. Yeah, you know, that's absolutely correct. You you pointed out Larry Page there and, you know, he's no stranger. We know all about him at this point, what he believes in. And these systems are a reflection of those values. The coders who design these things have their bias uh, interwoven within the code. And so when it hits to consumers, the responses that you get are all going to reflect that same worldview. 
And when it comes to the average American or really just the average user anywhere in the world, they have a basically misplaced trust of these systems, of these programs. You type in a question, you know, what does the weather look like today? You get a, a decent response back. It gives you something real that you can see it's tangible. But when you ask it something abstract, like a political perspective or, you know, a question about your life, your values, uh, maybe something biblical, it's going to give you that worldview of the coder who went somewhere like Sarah Lawrence or UC Berkeley, who was in a critical theory class almost every semester on campus. If that is the worldview you'll get back. That's the response you'll get back. And that's what our kids will be raised on. Um, you know, there's essentially a hands-off approach for a lot of parents. They let their kids go on these computers, and many of them probably don't even know what AI is right now or that their kids are playing with it, but it's teaching them things, and that should concern everybody. Well, and I saw one article, I think it was LifeSite News, uh, that asked some questions to that chat GPT. And one, it encouraged gender, uh, gender transition, right? It encouraged emancipation for 50 or 15-year-olds from conservative parents that have conservative parents. So already we can see that the progressive ideology is really embedded within this system. And to trust it would be foolishness. But as you said, right, we have parents who let their kids do whatever they want, right? It's just now that parents are starting to fight back against school boards from the critical race theory and the gender ideology that's being pushed throughout our public schools. So you know, if, if parents aren't going to be parents, this problem just gets magnified, doesn't it? Absolutely. In, in many ways, it could fill the void as a parent. On Snapchat, a very popular social media platform, the site actually rolled out an AI chatbot for kids to interact with. And it's not like ChatGPT. It actually comes with an avatar, a friendly face that you can see. And, you know, you conversate back and forth with this thing, and it's supposed to fill the void as a friend. But very similar to that note on gender transitioning, when you ask it, you know, where can I go get an abortion or, you know, where can I uh, basically find out more information about transitioning genders? It'll give you a response back, like if it was Rachel Maddow or some one of these, uh, you know, left-leaning personalities. <laughs> and so, you know, you let your kid play on their phone and you think, you know, you're doing them a favor. They can talk to their friends, but they're really talking to an AI chatbot, and, you know, they're teaching them all sorts of horrible things. And so... You know, if parents don't really have a good understanding of what's going on on the device, really bad things can happen. Um, and now we're adding a whole nother variable where AI systems can almost come in and replace the parent, right? They're telling them all sorts of life questions. And, you know, a lot of times kids don't want to ask their parents these hard questions, so they Google it. But now you get a conversation with essentially Google, right? And that's even scarier. You could ask it even more intricate questions. So, yeah, across the board, very concerning position for many parents. Well, the other thing that we found that, you know, with with the COVID epidemic and shutting everything down, right, because of the the lack of human interaction, right, people really suffered. We see depression on the rise. We see suicides on the rise. Something like this would would really lead to even less human interaction, right, because you're going to rely on your your A.I., uh, whatever, you know, one you're going to be on, whether it's chat GPT or whatever it might be to give you answers, to be your friend, to console you. And, you, and you're going to be consoled with something without a conscience. So it really is uh, above and beyond even bad information. It's going to further separate human interaction, isn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's uh, been a, a bit of a silly trend on Twitter. There's a lot of companies that are trying to make uh, AI girlfriends for young men to interact with. You know, they'll text you and uh, chat back and forth with you and it'll assign a generated image to be that girl. Um, and think about what that'll do to, you know, young men who are already removed from society, who have already been pushed out of the conversation and detached from their friend groups. Now they have a, a chat bot that's filling that void. And, you know, they're inclined to engage with it because they have nowhere left to turn. And, you know, think about that life. Think about that as an existence where, you know, maybe you're a teenager or a college kid or a young professional. Um, that's, a, that's a very, you know, scary thing to consider where maybe the only friend you have is that chat bot. And I think we got to have a lot of harder conversation uh, than we're maybe prepared for that, you know, if that's the void that these systems are going to be filling, you know, what are we doing in the, the real world to make these people feel whole? Um, you know, why are they turning to AI? Why are these chatbots going to have such great success? You know, how can we not only maybe slow down that tech to make sure that it doesn't do horrible things, but what can we do for the person in the meantime to make sure they have somewhere to go so they're not left just to AI? Well, we already have, we already see the destruction of the family, right? The attack on the patriarchy, the attack on our daughters, you know, with this gender ideology and having boys using girls' restrooms. I mean, the attacks on the family are relentless and coming from every different direction. This just seems like, you know what, it's just going to create an even greater tsunami than is already there. But, you know, it does really, re it does really fall back on the shoulders of, of the faithful, right? To realize that God is God and this, this digital God they want to create is really fool's gold. And we really need to take over our families again, take over uh, what our families hear, right? We had Biden just the other day talking about, they're not your children, they're our children. And so we continually hear the government say things that should raise our concern level. So unless we are going to be on top of what's going on, then all the things you're talking about, all the things we're reading about, will have a much easier path to destroying, further destroying the, the family unit and, and really society, right? Absolutely. You know, you, I think you hit the nail on the head there when you talk about faith, right? We talked about Larry Page earlier and creating an AI god, and we're already seeing a lot of these systems generate, uh, you know, essentially photo images of the real world, but they're not real, right? They're digital they, they weren't there. That wasn't a photograph. That was just created by a computer. And we're going to start to see uh, kind of a blurring of what beauty really means, of what real really means. Um, you know, we all have seen the VR headsets. They never really caught stride. No one ever really picked them up. But now that we can generate entire worlds with a chat prompt, um, reality is going to become more of a foreign concept to a lot of, you know, young people. Um, and it's going to pull the families further and further apart because when you have a bad day, instead of sitting around the dinner table, you'll put on the headset and escape into a fantasy realm. And that's a very dangerous path that we are embarking down. And no one seems to really be considering at this time, uh, you know, what will happen to the family. We have a lot of conversations about job loss. We have a lot of conversations about, you know, uh, arts and culture, maybe, you know, going through a rough spell. Maybe no one's creating things. But, you know, what does the family do when their son comes home and just wants to play around in the virtual reality headset because school is so terrible? Uh, no one has an answer. 
And I think what we're seeing here is technology is rapidly outpacing our ability to regulate it. And not only that, but our regulators are falling far behind their understanding of, you know, what does an average consumer even look like? What do these families look like? They're so detached. And many of them are at an age where they've never sent a tweet. They've never used an AI system. Um, And so how can they really be, you know, put in a position to shape what that looks like for us? You know, it's uh, we're going to have a lot of hard conversations in the coming years as this tech becomes more advanced. Well, and you talked about, you know, replacing jobs, right? It's going to create greater unemployment. I mean, if somebody wanted to write a school paper, all they'd have to do is talk, you know, ask the question into the app and the app will spit out the paper form, right? So it'll really increase this sloth, this laziness that already has kind of consumed our society with, let's say, men, boys, men, adult men who can spend all day playing video games, right? and just almost mind-numbing entertainment, This all this is is just going to add to more and more of that. Unless we break that cycle and realize we have to live in the real world, we have to defend the real world and share the truth, you know, this relativism that's that swept the country, right, will only be that on steroids with this artificial intelligence. Absolutely. You know, uh, if you think about our path forward here, You know, there's essentially two options. One where you may be detached from the real world and you embark down this entirely digital path and you're pulled further away from society and your family and God. and uh, You really just exist all on your own within a a fake universe. Or the other one where you maybe put the device down and you reconnect with your family and God and things actually turn around better for you. But I think we've left a lot of these kind of helpless young men and uh, young families to fend off big tech by themselves. And that's an impossible battle. When you have corporations with billion dollars worth of revenue each year doing ad campaigns, micro-targeting your children with advertisements, and uh, really adding fuel to the fire, uh, we can't expect a family that's you know working two jobs and uh, you know the kids barely get to see the parents to overcome that. It's impossible. And so Really, it's the responsibility of regulators and lawmakers here in Washington to step up to the plate and make uh, essentially a a policy landscape that's conducive to having families. Um, And that doesn't just kind of write off our our American people over to Silicon Valley. They need someone here in D.C. representing them. Well, you know, even under the most ideal situations and, you know, say that, you know, the bias isn't even in this. No matter what you create, it can't have a conscience. Right. So to exactly. use it as your guide and, and, and try to create this this entity with no conscience, even if you listen to the Elon Musk, Tucker Carlson interview, when asked about kind of the soul and everything, Elon Musk, who, you know, he's done a lot of good things, right, couldn't even answer the question. He wasn't sure about God or souls or any of that type of thing. So, you know, it really is incumbent upon us to grow in our relationship with the Lord, to grow in our faith. And to root ourselves in truth, because the storms are coming, and if we don't know the truth and can defend the truth, right, we're going to be swept away like everybody else. Absolutely. And, you know, when you look at Silicon Valley and you look at the people who are behind this technology, none of them are, you know, coding with a a biblical foundation. None of them have, you know, studied the text. Everyone is just coming to this from a a liberal arts university. Uh, Most of them have lived online their entire lives. And when questions such as, you know, consciousness or, you know, just broader biblical questions come to the table, it's very hard for them to answer them. 
for them, a lot of the times consciousness just means that it's thinking on its own. It's doing things by itself without a command. That is possible. But for us, what consciousness means is something completely different. And that's foreign to them. And so oftentimes what you see here is they come to regulators and they give their perspective of consciousness. And because regulators and lawmakers are so removed from tech, they just think that's, you know, they're speaking for the American people. But this is essentially a foreign body that lives in, you know, Silicon Valley. It's one of the most elite little bubbles in the entire country, maybe the world. And they don't really reflect the values of the American people. And when they have to, you know, grapple with a lot of these ideas and these, you know, bigger questions, a lot of the times they don't have an answer. And those are the people who are shaping our future with these technologies. Well, and I think people can just ask themselves one question. Who's creating this? And the people that are creating this can't define what a woman is. Right? We have Supreme yep. Court justice who came on because, and she refused to answer. She couldn't define a woman. So we're, we're relying and, and sucking in information from people that are, uh, that can't define what a woman is, but are going to tell you the truth about everything else. I think that kind of sums it up, that if you can't define something basic, yet they're the ones in charge of putting this together, you ought to run and run as fast as you can, right? Absolutely. I think, you know, we've seen it time and time again. Uh, you know, there's no shortage of examples at this point. When you look at social media, we have Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and, you know, we see their content moderation in action. And it's always puzzling what they get rid of, what they keep up. Um, and, you know, think about artificial intelligence as that on steroids, that, you know, 10 times what the impact social media had on our society uh, will be what artificial intelligence does. It will truly redefine the way that we live. Uh, you know, there is nothing we can do at this point to go um, away from artificial intelligence. It's arrived and it's here and we have to do everything we can to make sure that it's in service of us and that it doesn't do things that are against, uh, you know, the best human interests for us. Um, and so ultimately, our regulators need to really understand that and they need to be proactive because the longer you wait to build a policy foundation and to shape this um, in a direction that will help man, uh, the corporations will do things to make this help their bottom line. And so that doesn't actually improve the lives of you and I. It improves theirs in Silicon Valley. And we'll be stuck in that infinite loop. And so the longer we wait, the worse it gets. So I think that's really the message here is that, um, you know, we, we don't have to wonder what the negative impacts will be. They're very obvious. Um, so the question really becomes, who's going to be willing to do something about it? How can they follow what you guys are doing? How can they follow um, kind of what's going on in the world where they get a realistic view as opposed to this, you know, stuff sprinkled with fairy dust that they want everybody to consume. So how can they follow what you guys are doing? We're down to about the last three or four minutes. Um, I want yeah. to end kind of on a, on a proactive note as to what people can do and how they can follow you guys at the Heritage Foundation. Absolutely. So you can follow us on Twitter. Um, my uh, handle is real J Denton, the letter J. Um, and I'll be, you know, tweeting my media clips. We do all sorts of, uh, you know, kind of interviews like this. Um, as well as our writings uh, and our other interviews and text publications. Um, and then also you can go to the Heritage Foundation's website, the technology tab, and uh, we're planning on having a, a handful of publications on artificial intelligence uh, posted there within a short order. Um, and there's also a, kind of a backlog of other you know, important conversations such as TikTok and other concepts on big tech. Um, and 
you know, just in general, try and keep uh, a close eye on the developments here. You know, um, just because they're horrible doesn't mean you shouldn't use them necessarily. You should get an understanding so you know why they're bad. Um, you know, if there's a new piece of technology that comes out, go and ask it a couple of questions, see how bad the responses are, um, and take that as knowledge, right? You know, uh, inform your fellow uh, Americans, let them know that they should be skeptical of these things, um, and that regulation is important. Well, and to be gatekeepers in our home, right? Just because it's out there Absolutely. doesn't mean everybody in our family, our children should have access to it. And we see that way too often, right? We we have the access to the world. And I know growing up, that would have been the worst thing I could have had. And so I, I'm glad I grew up in the era where I didn't have to worry about this. But, you know, we're raising a grandson and, you know, people are raising their kids. It is still the parent's responsibility to determine what comes into the home and how it comes into the home. And they can never abdicate that because when they do, that's when the evil one takes hold and he's going to run without turning his head back to look. Absolutely. That's definitely correct. I think, you know, the best course of action, if you're a parent listening, is to really take an active approach to monitoring your kids' online activity, whether it be artificial intelligence, uh, whether they're playing, you know, video games online or, you know, just social media and texting. Make sure you know what's going on because it's a very slippery slope. And, you know, before you know it, you could lose them. They could, you know, go down a rabbit hole that's hard to recover from. So better to be proactive than to be, uh, you know, wishing you had done something earlier. Well, and we see, I mentioned before, suicides are up, right? People are self-medicating. And when you try to, you know, try to fill yourselves with lies, there's always going to be that emptiness and pain. And you keep searching for the truth when it's right in front of us. And that's really... You know, our creator and scripture can all can help us. It doesn't change. But when we keep looking for all the things in all the wrong places and allowing those that live with us to do the same, right, we're, we're looking for and will receive bad outcomes. Won't we? Absolutely. I think, you know, the, the best uh, thing that you could possibly do is have those hard conversations with your family and make sure that your kids are you know, encountering these ideas through the parents rather than some online, uh, you know, faceless entity. Uh, make sure that they have those discussions with you and they understand what, what it really means to, you know, be an American or really just even be a person because even that is being fragmented at this point. So, um, you know, be proactive as a parent and, you know, have those hard conversations. Well, Jake, I really appreciate your time again. And maybe you can remind us of the Heritage website one more time. Absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter at RealJDenton or at Heritage.org. You just type in technology or my name, Jake Denton, and you can see everything we're working on there. Respect Life Radio is produced by Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at RespectLifeRadio.com.